Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. Watch and listen to Higher Learning where we dissect the biggest topics in black entertainment, politics, and sports. Twice a week, we react to the most important and timely conversations, often inviting guests to offer unique perspectives. Listen to Higher Learning free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, we're taping this Tuesday afternoon. Gerard Carmichael finally here. It's been a, over a two-year odyssey to get us We've together. We've been trying for, for a really long time. You're a busy time. dude, man. I don't know what I'm doing, man. This is fun. This is really, in, like, every poster in here is, like, incredible. It's really, really incredible. I, I, I can't appreciate stop it. looking We love when people appreciate the posters. Yeah, no, you were saying you got Ali into and Nir- Frazier and Andre the Giant. You were saying you got into Nirvana, never mind, late. Yeah, like a you're only year 30. and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. It, I it just certain things I, you just miss. <laughs> you just miss it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember calling my friend like a year ago. Like, have you heard lithium? <laughs> oh my god, lithium! What is that? Crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Then I just went down a hole. Where did you sleep last night? On unplugged is one of the best live vocal performances I've ever heard. Unplugged is one of those things that went away, and I'm not exactly sure why. I thought it was always a great test of a band being able to give a different yeah. look and resonate with the audience. And yeah, it's, there were some it's, great ones. It's difficult. Uh, live instrumentation isn't the most popular yeah. thing right now, just by nature of where music is. So it's like, it, it's only, I'm, I can think of a lot of artists that would really crush and unplug. I agree. Right? But I can't think of a lot of, I don't even know if people use the term top 40 anymore, but like of those artists that would, that it would make sense for, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's not a lot. So it used to have, a, it had a way bigger impact and I don't know whether it was just, we had less channels, but 
I remember when Mariah Carey did hers and she had Trey Lorenz came in. Yeah. And they did the cover of I'll Be There from the Jacksons. Which was great. And we he had became the, a star overnight. It was like, who's this guy? He's a star. And he I don't even think he had that one any was, hit albums. That one was incredible. Uh Lauren Hill's Unplug. Oh my is god. Probably Top five. Yeah. I it, it's it's my personal favorite one. It's it's so uh it's incredibly soothing and thoughtful. And again, her voice, she has like um like kind of a raspiness to her voice that's like yeah. it's just and these are all new songs. These are all new songs, and she's just like performing them and it's beautiful. And even times when she there's a song called uh I Just Want You Around, where she she ends it saying, I don't even know how this ends. It's one of those songs that would fade out if you were in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she just stopped it and it's just beautiful, like natural, beautiful moments. She, I look at her from that decade, like if you compare the musicians to athletes, she for me is like the Penny Hardaway of that decade. Kind <laughs> That's of. interesting. Had a really nice, yeah. great, memorable four or five year run, but yeah. it should have been like 25. And then, I don't know, she got yeah. kind of enigmatic and she would show up super late to concerts and show up su- super late to gigs and it, everything. It's, it's crazy because I, listen, she has, I, I count it as two. A lot of people say one, but I count the unplugged as one thing. That's fair. As a, as a full album. This is all new songs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's strange to me. People don't count it, but it's all new songs right. recorded. You know, there's an audience, but it's incredible. Um, and maybe that was, look, maybe she will again. I mean, she's still recording and maybe she like, she will again want to release like a full body of work, but like that's kind of, she's more effective in those two than a lot of you know artists are like six or seven albums in like i, I play those consistently like yeah. if you go to like the you know 25 most played songs like songs from those her albums are, it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be up there so it's like it, it's funny like I, it, it's people with larger bodies of work that aren't as uh meaningful the first great one I remember was the Eric Clapton one, which I think was an unplugged. Is that but, with? Um, but they, they released that as a as a CD back in the day. Did so he that's do what we Baby Fa- Was that with Babyface? Changed the world on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did. Uh, he did a like a very very slow Layla and all this, but it was yeah. a, just a great album. Yeah, and yeah. it, it kind of gave him it rejuvenated him in the late eighties a little bit. What do you um, What are you listening to now, though? See, I listen to playlists now, like just like friends. I don't or listen just- to albums. So yeah, I just make. I just make different playlists of different, you know, have them all labeled in weird ways or let's either artists or like different moods. And what's the um, last out like full album that you last full album I've listened to or I mean, enjoy, you, not even just listen to, go to, to the mid 2000s that you, that you, that you enjoy, like really a complete album. It's been mid just from, no, just from listening repeatedly from a yeah, start to finish. Start to finish. Yeah, I've listened to them once, but like, I've never been like, oh, I'm going to put this album in. <laughs> Listen to them once, and then I pick the songs I like and Pop put them up. in a playlist. Yeah. What about you? I mean, there's a couple. There's like uh, Frank Ocean's "Blonde." I think is. I think album. he did. He did two. Endless, which is like almost you know certain songs are so short to the point of almost being samplers. Yeah. Right, and then he also did uh, uh, two days later "Blonde," and I can listen to both of those. Start to finish. Start to finish consistently. I do it like a lot. I, I listen to both of those start to finish. Constantly. See, my generation, I'm in my late 40s now. 
and the albums, especially like you'd have to flip them over halfway through and stuff mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> um, but we but that kept it. you mindful of it, right? Because then you hundred percent. Like when a record was on, a record was on, and, right? the, and you and had to. You heard everything, and it was you, a pain you, in the ass to move it ahead. It was yeah, a pain in the ass to. You had to really want that album. Yeah, and and you would kind of get Stockholm syndrome with some of the songs where you would, you know, be the eighth eighth best song in the album but after you heard the album 50 times you're like ah, that song's kind of growing on me and they just weren't good songs but you just heard them so many times you yeah. know all the beats yeah and that's what i wonder whether that happens with music anymore whether people listen to the eighth best song on whatever 50 times i mean that i mean there has to be you know like there has to be that i, I don't know if it's as popular because nothing is um nothing it, things aren't as slow as they were yeah right so like you have to catch up to it's like television uh the what's the um the docu series that came out on Netflix recently Wild Wild Country Wild Wild Country yeah. I haven't seen it yet I'm just catching up to like the jinx yeah <laughs> and like everyone's like wild wild country and then you're like oh wait six hours that we're going to talk about for two weeks and then we're going to move on to the net so you just kind of have to choose your own pace and so listen to a song if you're keeping up on music, it's like so many new... I mean, you can go to SoundCloud and hear complete... There are artists that are huge on SoundCloud that right. have complete things that you can hear. It's just hard. It's hard to give things the time that they need to like discover the nuances and discover everything about. It. It's just culture moves really, really quickly. Yeah, albums 25 years ago. I mean, I remember when all the albums came out and you always listened to them and they all kind of captured some sort of vibe mm-hmm. that I think seems to be happening still in hip hop to some degree. Yeah. But in general, like Taylor Swift definitely tries to do it, but I always feel like with her, it's this calculated choice. Like she meets with a bunch of people and she's yeah. like, this well, album coming out, what should I, what should my theme be? And then she tries to tie the songs to that theme, but it's not. Everything's calculated when you add money to it. Oh my God. You got, Cause you got, now you have 10 new job positions open and right. 10 people that try and justify the six-figure salary and they are <laughs> right. going to tell you, give you a sheet of things and numbers and tell and very smart people. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really smart people, but it, 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 it by nature of money, <laughs> it brings more calculation because now it's a, uh, you know, how do we get more? How do we capitalize on this? And how do we, you know, maintain it? How do we grow? You know, it becomes a corporation in a sense. Yeah, I don't, I like the old way, but that that's where I become an old guy. Like yeah. Springsteen would just put out an album because he was getting too popular. So he's like, I'm putting on Nebraska. Really? I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving off half of my <laughs> fan base with this. That's <laughs> Here's some songs about serial killers. Kanye Enjoy this. still does these shifts. I was thinking about Yeezus a lot today. Yeah. And just the fact, just the true feat is to be in that space, whatever that space is. Yeah. Create in that space, feel confident confident enough to release in that space, have people have such a crazy reaction to it, and then release another album without it, it doesn't we applaud just like every swing that he makes. That's such an amazing place to be in. Like every swing that he makes, because you know it's thoughtful, you know he really lived in this space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then he just released from whatever that was. There's some Tiger Woods. Like how when Tiger Woods, when people think he has a chance to come back and be good at the Masters, people are just so happy he's back. Yeah. They really want it. There was a moment I do a feel couple like, weeks ago, right? Yeah, it was. And I do feel like a little bit that way with this Kanye announcing who's going to do more music. I think 
some people were really worried this wasn't happening. I had Scooter Braun on a couple of months ago. I was like, mm-hmm. is he going to make another album? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to make it. And I didn't totally believe it because you you could have told me he was just going to do like design stuff yeah. and make shoes and that he would have been happy for 10 years. I, I, I don't think he can. I don't think he can stop making I music. So. I, I really don't. I, I don't know him that well. I don't well. think he would stop making it. I'm saying releasing it. Oh really? I you think he would just see, sit I on it? I could just see him like sitting on music for six years. I was so glad to hear he's like <laughs> actually putting stuff out. Maybe I mean, but but maybe like you know, I'm sure there's a vault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like with just like a lot of unreleased things. You know, but like I, I think I, I think Kanye releases. This is me. I mean, we've talked a few times about creative stuff, but not you enough for me to speak for. Yeah, yeah, I can't like I can't speak for what his strategy is, but I would say just as a an observer, he releases with everything in mind, right? The the album, the visuals for the album are as important as the album and what the concert's going to look what like. What the concert the stage, looks like everything. is as important as everything is. It, it's so thoughtful, and again, it all comes from that space that like. You know, you have to release that. You can't hold because even if you sit on music, like this idea for like the rollout or this idea for like the the live production of it is, you have to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think just as an artist, is you have to do it. I thought what he did with the last album, I was so fascinated by. That yeah, he just put it out and kept messing with it, changing it, yeah. tweaking it, and it was. It was just like he completely flipped the art form on it on its head. Yeah, no, it, it was. I cra- like this song. Oh, now it's a week later. It's different. That made me. That did make me want uh, records again. Yeah, <laughs> or CDs or some physical copy because you know there was there was a couple of changes that I wanted the like the original Ultralight Beam. I I love a little bit more than what you can currently immediately get. I'm but sure I, I think get that's YouTube, the reaction but, but. that he wanted though. He wanted you to be, be frustrated that for this version from a week changing. ago. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what happened to the the week ago version was perfect. Yeah. He gives you this it gives him this weird power over people, <laughs> even his consumers. Like, why I'm gonna change that again? Just remotely, like yeah. the whiz just changes the co- the colors we're dancing to. And now he's tweeting again. I'm so fascinated by him. He's he's he is our most fascinating, fascinating individual. Yeah. yeah. He's he's very fascinating. He's very honest. He's all of a sudden he's tweeting like a maniac. And he's tweeting all these like fortune cookie sentences that you're, you're like, what's he trying to say? Is this, has he, did he have <laughs> these for fun. two years? He's just going into a document and putting them on Twitter. Them yeah. he, he probably has a, a draft. I think he has a document. Or just in notes, you know? Yeah. Don't people, do you do that? Do you tweet a lot? I tweet probably like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine times a day, but probably half promotional. Okay. And then if I'm watching basketball, just like, I've, I've learned how to, yeah. How about you? I'm not on. I'm not on any. You're of, not on yeah. at all. No, 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 I, no. So you're not on Twitter, and you don't have a podcast. Yeah, I don't. You're I don't. basically different than any uh, comic based dude out there. I think. Well, I, I mean, God bless the the podcast. It, it seems, it seems like it would conflict with the art itself, the thoughts, because if you just constantly put it out, then. They can't incubate and grow and change and. Are you putting out a rough draft of your thoughts? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, even Twitter, even uh, like any post of just like, uh, for me, that's how I that's how I feel about it. There are people I'm sure that can just go and go and go, but I don't know. It just seems like a lot of output. I use it <laughs> yeah. for like in the moment reactions that are going to die quickly. 
and mm-hmm. promotional stuff. Yeah. But there was a time when I probably used it for more than that. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to make this joke. Now it's like, I'll oh, save that for. Do you think we contribute else? to the the death of uh, moments like kind of lingering and lasting because we kind of jump on it? Because like it's just, too fast? It, well, it's so fast, but we all want to kind of throw out. It's kind of like a, just kind of like a, a circle of just like people jonesing or riffing or whatever. Like it's everyone throws their joke in. Yeah. And then we just go circle around something else. I think what it's shown is that um, basically anybody can make a joke that's relatively the same as anyone else's joke. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've told this story before in the podcast, but um, when I was in college, we used to love the killer from Silence of the Lambs, James Gum. Mm-hmm. The guy, Jersey mm-hmm. Silence yeah, of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. The guy who keeps the girl in the dungeon, but yeah. he was like, Rrr! he had the deep voice. And we used to think he was the funniest person ever. And we, we were the only ones who thought we thought this was funny. We were like, this is it. This is our little group of people who enjoy the hell yeah. of this guy. And then when the internet comes around, I'm like, oh, everybody thinks he's funny. Oh, well. And it, and I mean, it felt a, totally not special at all. Yeah. That, I mean, I guess the silver lining is, you know, we all have the same experiences. Yeah. It was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of humbling, but at the same time, oh, we weren't weird. Yeah. You weren't you oh, thought yeah. you were weird? He's, I mean, it's, he's really interesting. I can see, yeah. I can see being really fascinated with. I laughed in the theater when I saw it, and I was on a date, and like a couple of people turned around and stink eyed me, because I was like, "This guy's the greatest. <laughs> Get this guy in for it." It was like this very tense, tense yeah, yeah, thriller, yeah, just breaking. Yeah, uh, yeah, but Twitter though, I, I think I have noticed like the whirlpool gets faster. Like last week. Ali LaForce, the sideline reporter, asked LeBron James about Greg Popovich, his wife who just died. And the game ended. And then LeBron came over and instead of like, what was it like out there today? She's like, hey, you know, look. But she had actually given him a heads up that she was going to ask him. Mm-hmm. In the interview, it seemed like she blindsided him with it. Mm-hmm. And people on Twitter reacted like she set off a bomb. Oh, really? In the arena. And they were so upset with her. And it was just rushed to judgment. Let's murder this person. Really? And then it came. And then LeBron was like, "Yeah, she asked me beforehand for, you know, she gave me a heads yeah. up that it happened." And then it, then the moment just dies. And it's like, well, what about this whole seventy-five minutes when everybody was just crushing this person, and we didn't even have the facts yet? You mean I'm kind missing of scary. fun stuff like that? Oh yeah, that's what you're missing. Oh my god, I missed that. Oh, you're missing the outrage. Outrage <laughs> culture is the best. <laughs> People just getting bent out of shape. Oh, I'm, oh, I mean. It's people very protective of other people's feelings by then attacking the person who hurt the feelings. We're getting weird. We're getting weird. We're super we're getting, weird. We're getting weird. It, it's it's fun to watch it, but it's we're getting weird. It's because uh, um, a lot of news is becoming reporting on things that we saw on social media. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and guess what's on Twitter today? <laughs> you right. know, like that's what like everybody's becoming. And <laughs> the uh, sports TV shows like that too. They just throw up tweets. You and just throw up tweets them. and Instagram posts to yeah. the, and, and everything. And now they're like articles and op-eds via written about a thing and a tweet. And there was a, there's this guy who's a writer who was uh, mad at a joke on Roseanne. You know, and it's just uh, uh, then he's like writing an article in the Times about his tweets about his anger at a joke, which you know he was wrong about, but (laughs) had an outlet, and that's good, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You're not missing out on much. It's very silly. I get a lot of info from it. I I found out about like I just looked on Twitter just now, and I found out that Mick Mill Mick Mill got out of jail, and he's going to be at the Sixers game tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that's Twitter. I found that out on Twitter. 
Oh, that's great news. One of the Philly owners got him out. Really? Yeah. So I think he's going to be, we're taping this Tuesday. I think he's going to be at game five tonight. And he'll probably get a bigger ovation than Embiid and Simmons. <laughs> it's going to be insane. It's going to be amazing. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you might have to get on. I got to get on Twitter. You could, What you could do is you could, there's this app called Nuzzle. So yeah. you could follow these accounts and then just go on the Nuzzle app and you just get all the news from the people you follow without their thoughts and tweets. Wait. And you could find out news though. I'll show it to you after Okay. Yeah, wait, what are you filtering out? You're basically filtering, if I'm tweeting a story, mm-hmm. like I'm tweeting the Meek Mill story, that would show up on your Nuzzle feed, yeah. but you wouldn't get my three accompanying tweets about, here are my thoughts on Meek Mill coming back. Oh, uh, okay. You would just get okay. the story itself. Is there, so you're weeding out all of humanity other than the information. I, um, is there an app where I can weed out uh, sass about Donald Trump? Yeah, it's called the mute button. Oh, is that you what can it is? Yeah, yeah, just like, is this Trump sass? Yeah. <laughs> people love it, man. Do, do people know it's white noise? Do, are, do I think Does they white know noise now. know it's white noise? Does the tree falling in the forest know that it fell? At this Dear point, I think, I think people know. Do they know and they just contribute to it? I don't want to sound like a a 93-year-old bitter whatever, because I'm not. And I do think it's great that people have voices. And the writer who was wrong about the Roseanne joke should have an outlet to criticize, right? But but then everything becomes, this should not happen. And everyone pretends to be a uh, civil rights leader from the comfort of their own couch. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like very... Easy civil rights, like the laziest Martin Luthers I've ever seen before in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like it. Like, can you imagine if anyway Martin Luther King in the sixties? Yeah, I don't, we don't even have to go into the bit of it. We know the absurdity of it. Just right. off the, but you know, but you should have an outlet. You should have a, uh, you know, a place to voice. Yourself, you should be heard. You should just also think about things for a second and maybe give it think, a week. But I don't think people know how to mobilize anymore. I think that's part of the problem. Well, they because want we have protest. the illusion of being mobilized all the time while still. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have the illusion of we are all united against this thing. Now what? in reality, now what do potentially we do? it does have our attention uh, for the moment or and, and hopefully for real issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for very real things that are happening where people are dying and, uh, uh, you know, and whatnot then it is actual mobilization. But like, you know, a lot of it is, I mean, it's too, it's too easy. Well, like the marches, which I really respect and kudos to everybody who went out for those. That's people's way of mobilizing. And it says some sort of statement, but then the moment ends and it's just kind of over. Yeah. And then we're back to where I, we were the you know, day before. You know, the only thing I will say, uh, the only thing I don't understand about uh, marches is I think, uh, you know, it's almost too civilized. Well, that's it's almost too, but it's almost too. And I know it's civilians doing the thing, but it's I, I, I wish that they were more disruptive. Like it should be happening, you know. It should be, you know. Let's stand on the streets and just block traffic for days, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's just like I, you, you know, you think about you know. You know, the marches on Selma and it being representative and that's, you know, beautiful. And we try and echo that and we try and capture those things. But a lot of times we can let even our, even our intentions being in a good place, we can let uh, how it's broadcast, turn it and minimi- minimalize it. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like make it a concert and make it a, a, a fun event. 
as opposed to what it really should be and represent. And as opposed what, to like if 25,000 people drove their cars to where the airport entrance is and just lined them up so it would be impossible to tow. Yeah. And then nobody could get in and out of the airport. Yeah. I mean, you think now they're affecting the, a, people's a lives. A sit in at a, at a Woolworths counter in Greensboro is breaking the law actively. Yeah. Actively breaking the law. You, They were not allowed to sit there. We're going to go in and we're going to sit there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it broke the law. It was peaceful. You know, and it was it was civilized in that sense, but it was disruptive, you know, like just thinking about it from, you know, I, I think we have to apply, you know, that sense of, you know, a hint of anarchy, if you will, to to like, uh, is that great? That's, it's not like a crazy thing to say into a microphone, but. No, I think you're right. And the danger of talking about this stuff now in 2018 is somebody takes the headline and and says, comic Gerard Carmichael advocates for complete anarchy yeah, and then yeah. they turn that headline yeah. and then they don't listen to yeah. the context of what you said. And yeah. And that, that headline will be 30% false. Yeah. Which is kind of where we are now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 30% false. I am 70% of me is advocating anarchy, <laughs> complete destruction in the streets, fires. <laughs> and then, then 30% of me realizes that we can't know, do that that yeah. costs a lot in insurance i don't know what am i why am i against that i, don't <laughs> I mean it's a good point though disrupting something yeah can take a be, lot of different forms yeah if if you're marching for one day you're 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 basically announcing we don't like this we want this to change which yeah. is admirable but you're doing this for somebody who right now does not care what those people think. And it's just bouncing off him. And if anything, it's, he probably thinks this is great. Look at all the attention I'm getting today. Yeah. It's, so I don't it's, know what that solves. I just don't want us to substitute, you know, Abby Hoffman speeches on a campus for gratitude that Twitter extended your character count. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. tra- a trading those things. It, it just, it feels false. It feels like, you know, you're kind of being controlled more than you realize. Where'd you grow up? North Carolina. So North Carolina, where do things stand right now in general with everything? In North Carolina? Yeah. You know, I'm not really. Like when you go back there, do you go back there? Often? I go there. Yeah, I go back. I have my families there. And so, uh, like, so my, what do people in like North Carolina think about what's happening right now? I mean, listen, I'm from a place where. And it's part of the reason, you know, me sounding critical over white noise and stuff like that is that I'm from a place where people have really focused attention and energy on a lot of like needs and necessities. And a lot of the things that we in our bubbles of New York and L.A. and it seems loud because we have the biggest microphones or microphones at all. uh, uh, Like they focus in North Carolina on, you know, real stuff, income (laughs) You know, like raising your kid, really Schools. specific yeah. things. And it's it's it feels good to be around that as like a reminder because focus is what calms outrage. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because then, you, you know, like I wouldn't describe, you know, Malcolm X even as outrage. It was focused <laughs> on a specific thing, focus on basic needs and focus on like, you know, uh, like true things. And like in North Carolina, it really is a, a sense of that. It is a sense of like, you know, it's I, I mean, the term regular people in a, in a positive sense of just like, you know, very honest, regular people.
This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I intentionally did not research this because I just want to shoot the shit with you. But the one thing I remember about you is you just moved here to do stand up and you hadn't even really done stand up. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't done it you? before at all. Uh, I just turned 20. You just hopped in a car and that you were like, I, I think I can be a comedian. My my, uh, my sister bought me a plane ticket on Cheapo Air. <laughs> I remember Cheapo that. Air. I remember it was on the ticket, Cheapo Air. Who it was the sweetest thing ever. She bought me a, 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 a my flight out, no return. So this was 2008. Mm -hmm. So who were your big influences at that point? Who were you like, I want to be this person? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. My my influences, like when you think about like Hollywood in general, have always been kind of this mix of like artists and producers and, you know, like my, my infatuation probably, I remember seeing like a documentary on Sumner Redstone. Yeah. You know, and, and being like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I remember seeing uh, uh, that and uh, Puff Daddy's Behind the Music. Wow. I remember those two things. It was a Dateline. I'm saying documentaries. It was like a Dateline piece on something rest on Puff Daddy Behind the Music. And I was like, that's that was my, the entertainment industry was like kind of through that kind of right. lens. And um, and so I moved out. My My heroes have always been, you know, those guys. And then in comedy, you know, it's just a, it was a fun art to try and figure out. It was like a real fun thing to just go to Mike's and. So what was your first move? You show up. You show up, you go to, I, I. Uh, you get a, like, you get. Went to the like comedy a 30 store. 30-day apartment? What'd you do? I, I, you know, it's funny. My first apartment is right around the corner. Really? From here uh, on Gower. And I remember uh, this, this, this neighborhood's changed a little bit. It's nice. It's getting there. It's nicer. Yeah, nicer. Than, it's definitely than, a nicer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ten years ago, it was yeah. not as nice. 
Um, yeah, my first apartment here, it was like a one bedroom with three people already in it. And then you're and, just three people. And then I moved it. to a studio on Bronson. Yeah. Which was a studio with four people in it. Oh my God. So it was like, you know, I upgraded and downgraded at the same time. And you're just going to comedy clubs trying to work on your stuff? Yeah, you just go to, you hit open mics, you go, uh, you go to, I went to the comedy store first. That's why I shot my first special there. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you just kind of do it until uh, you figure it out. You figure out audiences. It's a fun thing. You got to really do it if you're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't kind of do it. So, like, it was fun dedicating all of my time to stand up. How'd you figure out your rhythm for how you deliver stuff? Because I think your rhythm's really distinct. Uh, it's definitely, like, it feels like the joke's over, but you're waiting, you're waiting, and then you go in, like, a, one more time, and you just, yeah. you kind of move the audience. It's just a little different than what people are used to, and I think it's really effective. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you want to keep it honest, you know, uh, to like your natural way. Like of you like kinda... silence. You'll use silence as a friend. Yeah. You'll kind of just wait out the crowd for four or five seconds and they will be like, is he going to keep going? And then you'll go, and then you keep going with it. Yeah. I'm uh, like, I'm thinking uh, sometimes it's like a thing will come to you in the moment. You know, sometimes you give the audience a second, uh, you know, I say a couple things where you got to give the audience a second. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, is that even, uh, uh, laughter is just like wait okay wait what <laughs> right <laughs> you know and so uh, I the, the pauses are just I, a lot of times I'm thinking I'm like alright where are we gonna go next what do we wanna talk about well when you do like an HBO special which you've done too right mm-hmm. um, is that all planned out or do you leave a little room in your in in the act to maybe veer off and or is everything just like no, it, it's, you're uh, orchestrating a, it a lot of it is is planned out a lot of it is uh, you know thoughts I've had before and uh done a bunch you know it's you know it's it's not quite you know Beyonce at Coachella you know nailing yeah. it <laughs> on yeah. marks type of thing it's just kind of like it, it, you spend more time I spend more time thinking about the thought itself yeah. than like the act does it make sense like uh, do you still feel this way what does this mean what are you saying that type of stuff over than like all right, this joke works and this tag and the thing it just it ends where I think the thought ends. What do you think? Like five years ago, what what were people expecting from you when they went to go see you? If they oh. had to describe you in a sentence in 2013, what were they thinking? In 2013, I, I, I don't know. Just like that guy is a he's a young comic. Well, when people hear um, comic, the the thought is this like court jester. You know, people have, you know, they oh, don't make a joke about me. If you go, you talk to like non-comedians and they're just yeah. like, are oh, you going to put this in your act? And you're just like, you, you think, you think this is what I'm. That's what my life's like. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, you know, they think silly guy, which it can be. Sometimes it can be the silliest thing in the world. Sure. And that's, and that's great. And there are people who've mastered physical, you know, kind of like things that are like a bit big and that's their taste and their point of view and they're right. And that's great. But like, it's, that's kind of the first thought that people think, Yeah, you know? And uh, uh, so, you know, seeing me or anyone, especially if they don't know you and they're going to a comedy club, but they're going to a place and it's like comedians. Prove it like, to me. Yeah. Part of my rhythm is to, I have to adjust the audience perception a little bit of what this is. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like exactly whatever this is, you know, uh, I, you know, a lot of comedy isn't, I don't know. I, I prefer to have a conversation with you. But now in 2018, people know what they're getting. I haven't really done it a lot. So I have no idea what the expectation is. Like, I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't really done stand up in a. In, but you're out of the loop completely. I mean, I, I, I hear about people that are really funny. And like, I hear about it from like friends and stuff like that. But, I, I, you know, and I, every now and then I'll be like on a walk or something. And I'll like just go by the club every now and then. But for the most part, I, I don't. Um, Interesting, because most people that get into it, it seems like um, it's just part of their, they, they can't shake it. Yeah, it's like, it's just, I gotta go do ten minutes at the comedy store. Yeah, no, ten thirty at night. It's just not where my focus back. is. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it, and I think it's a great art form at its best. Yeah, you know, um, but it's just not where my head is right now. Like it's because you just signed a new deal, right? Doing yeah, a whole bunch but of that, stuff. That's not even. That's not even. Well, I've been working on television a lot, I guess. So it's that's part of it. Um, but it's been fun. It's been fun, like kind of. Just producing, writing, solving creative dilemmas. Yeah, just the show kinda, you did for NBC was like the kind of show that I grew up with in the seventies. Was oh, the old school. That's a very nice. Thank you. Was the old school network sitcom with a little heart. Well, you want to, you know, Norman Lear did it great, excellent. He was the yeah. best, you know, and like, uh, and I know what that meant and what it felt like hearing some of those things said on television. And I just, I just wanted to do that. You know, it seemed, it seemed fun and more interesting. I'd rather just stay, you know, grounded. What was the best thing you learned from that show? Um, it's a lot of things. I mean, a lot of things in production, you know, I've, you know, it's funny. I've probably been in production in some capacity as long as I've been doing stand up. Yeah. You know, so like you learn a lot about production and producing and uh, balancing things and who, you know. So you strategy. can direct now. You're ready to be a director. A, a little. You could do it. A little. I, yeah, I have a, a, a thing that I'm going to do soon-ish uh, that, uh, that that I'll direct. It, it is fun. It is, if you can see it as a complete thing, you should do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know take as much control as you think you're worthy of. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, it's like, well, I see this complete thing. So what was the biggest thing you would do over with the show? I mean, there are a couple episodes that fell through the cracks. Um, that, that just by nature of time, you just didn't like too ambitious, not even too ambitious, but just, I mean, it's just time, especially in production, you know, it moves, you know, very fast. And every week you're shooting a new thing. And if the, the script, you know, the scripts took a lot of time. It was, you know, just me and Ari in a room trying to really make sure the perspective makes sense and that it has enough of a clash. And yeah, it could, you know, certain episodes just by nature of time, like it just kind of fell through. And, you know, it doesn't feel great to have anything out there that you don't, that you wouldn't fall on your sword for, you know. And so there, there are a few episodes that I, that I wish you know, we could have fixed, but for the most part, it was a great experience. It was really, really great. And really Were you fun. influenced by the, what decade? 70s, 80s, 90s, all of them? Uh, yeah, kind of all of them, a little bit of all of them. Um, I was influenced. 
I'm influenced by, it's not even a, I can't have nostalgia for it. I wasn't alive during it, but, uh, but like the, it kind of, the seventies, a lot of content cut through. Yeah. And especially in this landscape, it just seemed like the thing that filled the void, you know, like that, that made the most sense. Is well, just we only like, had three channels back then. Yeah. Yeah. I watched all those shows. I was, I was like seven in 1976. So it was like everything. Everything you would have thought I would watch, I watched every episode of. That's and the and the shows were like, you know, you really felt like you were part of these people's lives. Yeah, it wasn't like we had a lot of options back then. You know, like I really felt like, like when uh when JJ Evans's dad died, I felt like a family member died. It was devastating. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, it was wow, dev- he's dead now. Now, uh, you would have read about the contract dispute. I would have known the whole Over thing. The summer. Yeah. And then, and like, you. Like, John uh, Amos is mad yeah, at Jimmy it Walker. Takes a little and, sadness yeah. off of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when Farrah Fawcett left James Charlie's Dino. Angels, not understanding it. If she's going to leave, she's going to go make movies. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she's not coming back. Why is uh, Suzanne Summers not on this oh, season of uh, Three's Company? Oh, my God. But Patrick Duffy, why why did he die and then reappear in the shower? It's great. We love sometimes. It's contract disputes. <laughs> I follow this Twitter account. Twitter, back to Twitter. This account called Retro News. <laughs> and they'll pop some TV guide covers every once in a while. Oh, really? And uh, Or People Magazine or something. And, you know, like that Three's Company dispute the contract thing that was covered the same way um like Aniston Brad Pitt and Angelina oh, really? yeah, were, oh my god it was deep. like the cuz like 30 million people watched that show yeah like, think about it that. meant a lot it was to like a the lot of super, people, yeah. it was like the super bowl <laughs> now you have these shows i i don't know what the peak audience is i guess game of thrones is probably the outlier other than that, everything like you mentioned, Wild Wild Country earlier. It's like I don't know how many people actually yeah. watch that show. Yeah, I, and I I've been in New York and L.A. around it, so I don't even know because sometimes things can seem really loud, and then you legitimately leave New York, L.A., a couple other pockets, and you're like, oh, yeah, nobody knows. Wait, is anybody going. watching this? Yeah, <laughs> nobody, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Eve, anybody? Yeah, yeah. us and our shows were so weird. Everybody, yeah, killing Eve, yeah, no, no. People can't sit here like, what? Killing who? Nobody. Who's yeah, Eve? Nobody. Like, you know, you hit a little, t- just go by TV by the numbers, you know. So do you have Zap an office? You have a company? What's going on? I mean, yeah, I have a company. I mean, I'm kind of. You go in there? You have people working for you? Yeah. I, get you coffee? Not, I never use my offices. I every it, in When you're like there till four in the morning, yeah. use it. But like, you know, I'll work from home a lot and I'll work from uh from you the know, studio on Bronson? Or just hotels or like, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of hotels and stuff. So what, what's that? What's next for you? What's coming? Are you, be, are you mysteri- I mean, mysterious so, about all this I, shit? I'm not even being mysterious. It just seems, uh, that seems like the weirdest thing to talk about. Right? Because, I don't know if you announced anything. No, I don't, I don't. Don't you hate announcements? I don't know. I didn't, I intentionally it's like, didn't do it's research. Like, it's like, bro, let me just do the thing. And yeah. then the thing will be on. Okay. And then if you like the thing, then you'll there'll announce be more it. of the thing. Yeah, yeah, there'll be more of the thing. Are you based here in New York or both? I'm I'm mostly here. I I just go to New York randomly for for no reason. I <laughs> and I'm, I look for reasons. I'm very <laughs> da- I'm very down on New York these days. Why? Well, one thing I'm from Boston, so I'm okay. I'm, down, I'm naturally down in New yeah. York, but um we had Jesus and Mara were here a couple of days ago. We were talking about how New York is basically 
going to turn into Escape from New York with when the subway system goes down. Oh, that's and it's gonna just be... going to be like everybody's just stuck there. It's the L. What turn... else is going down? It's like the L's going down. Everyone in Brooklyn's just stuck in Brooklyn yeah. for eighteen lift, months. Lift, you better get the fleet ready. <laughs> better get about better a million get more lift fleet. cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then How where many airports can we get by the time the L? Okay. Well, it needs more. It needs more like the high speed ferries. That's what they really need. Oh, wait. So it's yeah. ferries. You go from like Brooklyn across the water, but. What, how long is that? I don't know. Seems I can't like think of anything thing. worse. It really sounds I like, can't the, think of, it sounds like a Sylvester Stallone movie. Yeah. It sounds, when I think ferry, it just start <laughs> images of Ellis Island start popping in my head. Yeah. It's just like, it's dark, man. <laughs> it's dark. I want to get on a ferry to go, to go get brunch. You get on a ferry. Yeah. For 40 minutes. You get on a boat for brunch. That seems insane. During like 22 degree weather. It's like on a boat. Like it's like I came by I came by boat. <laughs> That's why it's nice out here. To prune. Everything's nice okay. and spread out out here. <laughs> I think like LA has the upper hand right now. LA's nice. I mean New York is fun. New York is a, you can I can squeeze a lot into one day in New York and I enjoy that. You know, I can see I just saw like a four hour matinee like Iceman cometh and then I still got some work done somehow. Right. That would have been the day in LA. Yeah. Like four hour met like if I would have probably gone to a theater downtown, that would have taken like an hour. Are you a sports fan or no? No, I'm like a real a fake sports when the, fan. When the playoffs hit, I, yeah. it turns uh, the volume turns up. I like the, the So that you know what's going on now. Kinda, yeah. What's that? You know what's going oh, on? Well, now. I'm starting to I, I start to hear about it. then I'll then I'll be watching games, you know, football, next basketball, week. everything? Everything, whatever it's like. Mostly football, basketball. This is the like, this the place to give your NBA thoughts right now. You probably ooh, don't get asked yeah, for it. I don't have a lot of thoughts on the NBA. LeBron right now. James? I mean LeBron's incredible. That's a thought. Have you met these people? He's incredible, and I've read about his investments, and they're really smart. The investments are smart. Very good investments. Yeah, he's done a pretty good job. Dear God. Have, what what happens when you meet these people? Just random, like yeah, some, just some people go nuts. Other people, like they, they're like, "Hey, man, what's happening?" Yeah, I mean, people are nice. Everybody's nice. Everybody's rich. <laughs> nice. You got on soft sweaters. <laughs> soft sweaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, soft sweat. Like you haven't felt discomfort in a while. You're nice. Everyone's <laughs> felt nice. Felt discomfort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. There's emotional pain. There's tons of emotional pain, but enough stuff to numb it. Yeah. Well, it's a good time to be a content provider. I think you're in a good spot right oh, now. Yeah, there's a thirst. There's a, there's a lot of people. You probably have a lot of people asking for meetings. Hey, come oh, on yeah. in. Well, there's always meet meetings. Oh, there's always meetings. Come on in. Can LA, you come in at two? LA is kind of that scene from uh from Annie Hall. Yeah. Of him coming to LA. It, it is kind of that. Especially now. It's all these suitors. Tons of suitors. suitors. Supposedly there's 500 and something TV shows in production no, right now. That is a lot. It's like 508. That's too much. Seems like a lot. That is just too much. People in Kansas City can't follow I can't catch that. up to it. I can't catch up to Everybody's got an app. I sound like an elderly man. But <laughs> You but, are. You're like the oldest 30-year-old ever. Met. But it's just like, I like, here's the thing. I think people actually feel this way. They just don't say it in a, you know, gruff, mildly Jewish inflection. Uh, I <laughs> It's a... <laughs> uh, but, you know, everybody's got an app. It's crazy. I don't even know where stars is. Much less black I don't know stars. How to find stars. <laughs> I'll get to you later, Crackle. <laughs> crackle. Where the fuck am I supposed to find these things? Yeah, I was. Dear God, I bought an TV for my dad. My dad's YouTube. never had a smart YouTube, TV. YouTube, Netflix. Okay. 
my dad's never had a sport TV and I was explaining to him what Hulu was. And he, it was like, I was explaining a UFO landing to him. He was so confused by it. He's like, all the shows are on it. I'm like, yeah, all the shows. CSI. So all the CSIs. I'm like, yeah. Hulu's gaining on them. Hulu's gaining. I also just recently sold a show to Hulu. So of course oh. I would say that in this moment, but they're gaining on them. They are, they are, they got a good, they got a good well, thing. Well, they, they have the TV library. They're yeah. like, oh, I missed Survivor oh, yeah, last yeah, night. Like I'm going to go. Like, they just have a million. Yeah. And then Netflix makes all their own stuff. And then Amazon basically has everything else. Let me and ask you just... a question. How big are you guys on pauses? Because I drank a lot of water before coming here and I got to. You want to take a break? Do, yeah. Can we do that? What's and that? come yeah. right back oh, after yes, these messages? Press pause. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's talk about the NBC show because you had people on that show that then have their careers have taken off the last couple of years. And I think that that show is going to be looked back at 10 years from now. Like, whoa, <laughs> all those people were on that show. Holy shit. Yeah, no. How we, did that only last two years? You know, it, it's a show. I, uh, Rel was joking with me. He was like, um, if we pitched that show and cast now, we would get like a. You get Netflix and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would get check. an insane. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> a lot's changed. It, 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 I, I just, you know, it's people that I knew were great that I just wanted to be surrounded by. I know that's like the easy, but that really was all it was. Like, you know, wrote the part for Rel. You know. Amber, uh, I wanted for pilot presentation. She couldn't do it. She came back around for the pilot, so I wrote it with her, uh, for her. Um, Haddish, who I've known for a very long time and, you know, has always been one of the most dynamic personalities I've ever met. One of the uh, most uh, fearless people I've ever met. Like, and, and someone who's gone through a lot and has allowed that to turn into like a positive attitude somehow. Right. And told me uh, years ago, she was like, uh, in the lobby of the Laugh Factory, is like, I'm going to work for you. You're going to write a part for me, and I'm going to work for you. <laughs> like, she, you know, and now that the world knows her, they know it. That doesn't sound, that sounds like her. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like her. So um, uh, she's been described, I know a few people who have either worked with her, interacted with her, whatever, like as a force of nature at all yeah. times. No, she's great. She's she's great. I mean, now I mean, she just has the burden of opportunity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and 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 she's yeah, she's fantastic and honest. That's what it is. She's she's honest. You know when you're getting a real person or not. It was weird that it took Girls Trip for her to break through because she had a couple other at bats where she was great. Well, the thing is, you one Girls Trip. Well, uh, I, I guess it was a it did a monster it did numbers yeah. right, and so that you know that's that's really important. It was a movie that essentially just showcased her. With all due respect to everybody involved on it, it may as well have been her reel. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it was like Tiffany Haddish is real, uh, you know, and 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 someone like Tiffany is someone that. Um, it is gonna. It is a little bit difficult to get authentic, authenticity through, it, and she's a, a a really big example of that because she's someone 
that I mean, I've had the battles with casting, yeah. you know, and and you know, people pushing back against her. What you was know, the case against her? Just out of curiosity, you just haven't really seen her. You yeah. haven't seen her. She doesn't really. She doesn't fit a type because everything is so natural to her. We've seen the black friend that does a very surfaced version of of you know Tiffany. T- Tiffany is just so honest, and it's from a natural place, and she knows how to maintain that while on camera. Yeah, and you just, it's a lot. You look at you like, oh, that's a lot. You know, she's someone that people would have said and have said. <laughs> To me, uh, she's a little too this. She's too whatever. She's just very honest, you know, and you can see that. I mean, I know her. You know what I mean? Like, I not only have I known her for a while, but I, I know her. That 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 woman, yeah. <laughs> I know, is my cousin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, she's like, she, I, I grew up with her. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I saw you see her and you're like, oh, yeah, we need her. You know, she you know, with all due respect, replace an actress on my show because you you see it and you're like, yeah, of course. You know, I, ha- I had to. You know, she's great. Um, But that, Rel, the same thing. Rel is, Rel is one of the most honest performers I've ever seen. You know, just a very honest, natural ability to him and, and just authentic. He's just an authentic person. You know, what, you know, what you see is him. So when you saw Get Out, were you like, yes? Yeah, I thought that was great. Yes. I thought that was great. I mean, that was a a, a, a big yes for a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but it was, uh, yeah, you're, like, of course. I mean, features, look, features are always the, um, just by nature, not even just the numbers of it, but by nature of um, marketing. Always going to be the thing that kind of pushes you, you know, the difference between movie star and television star are marketing dollars and push. You're more likely to hear a name 15 times in a week because of a movie than you are for anything else. Right. So having Rel and Tiffany like in in features is a really important thing. You're just out by nature of promotion, by nature of all going up to bat for one weekend. The cool thing about those two was, I thought Get Out was the best movie last year. It's just a good movie. Like, like yeah. I think but it's a movie that's going to stand yeah. the test of time. Ten years from now, I think yeah. people will look back and be like, "Why didn't that win the Oscar? What happened?" You know? Yeah, yeah. And, no, I think it was. You know what I liked about it was like it was interesting. It was dark, but it was fun. I, I describe it as uh, the movie Michael Jackson was watching in Thriller. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it, it was like. That vibe. Everybody's just in there. You eat yeah. popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just like it, it, you take a date. It's a full experience. You we know? did a re. We do have this podcast called the Rewatchables, where we just break down movies that we like. Yeah. And we talked about this one two months ago, and I was saying it's so rare to have the awesome in theater experience anymore. Yeah. We're in a movie, and just everybody's locked in and kind of moving with the movie, and yeah. then you know when he shows up at the end. My theater went nuts. Yeah. Um, it was just cool. It doesn't really happen anymore. Well, well, it's hard to share that with it's hard, yeah. 500 horror, people. Horror gives you, you know, more of that, you know, like, uh, it, it's not a lot of directors that take ownership over the material. Yeah. And that really, uh, a lot of times throughout the creative process, you know, the, what I'm learning and seeing, uh, the pattern of, is uh, everyone trying to bend the thing to fit the form. 
you know, and, and molded to fit it. And just like, you know, the the every act is kind of structured based off of other things. And horror gives you the ability to craft a, a bit more of a unique experience by, uh, by nature of setting a set of rules for the content itself. Like horror has a set of rules because yeah. every, the villain or the monster or, or what you're up against, you know, has a, a way it moves. And so you have to set up rules around that and it gives it its own unique structure. Um, I wish we saw that more in comedy. You, you you don't, you know. But say comedy and horror get such a lack of respect when, especially around award season. Yeah, I thought Tiffany Haddish should have been nominated for best supporting actress. Yeah, it's like there, there's no way that wasn't one of the best five performances. Well, yeah, what and you who else could have done a, it? A dynamic performance that you, yeah that stands out in a feature that and also who else could have played it. That's yeah, the thing. No. I was looking at it like who else could play that part and own that movie like yeah, that. No. Nobody, not no. one person. No. But we don't judge the Oscars like that. They look at it like, oh, the shape of water. What a what an emotional performance, <laughs> by the way. I'm, I'm pretty sure 20 actresses could have played the lady Guillermo from The Shape is, of Water. Is great. I, I know it's great. Was but, not a, not, yeah, that's not, wasn't my bag. I was asking for a lot. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> like, oh, good, the Blu-ray came out. I'm going to watch it uh, seven more times. Yeah. I mean, the Oscars, <laughs> you know. The Oscars are frustrating. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's, it's always a weird thing. It's, so, you know. What were you saying? When you took your show to NBC, what were the reasons behind going with a traditional network versus going to cable or like a place that maybe you'd have a little more freedom? Um, seemed like more of a challenge, which is fun. Uh, on a a challenge in what respect? Well, like that a, you reach personal, more people. It, it felt kind of like uh, going to boot camp first. Everything is every form of development is easier than broadcast network yeah. <laughs> development. Like, as far as television goes. It, every form is 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 easier. And I wanted to do the... This is the reason I moved to L.A. first, because New York was closer. And yeah. you do that because of that. Also, a certain, you know, affinity for it, just growing up with it. Like, you, like, growing up watching those types of things. Nobody from my generation was really doing it, so it seemed interesting. Yeah. To do like a multi-cam format, like it just seemed like it seemed like the least cool thing you could do, you know. And then because we'd seen a million, and we seen a million, everyone was trying to do their Louis, yeah, you know, like you know, and or, or what they extract from Louis. So it's just a bunch of comedians looking pensive, single camera, yeah, yeah, yeah with a zoom and a and some type of French horn, um, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I don't want to do that. So I did something else. <laughs> that was pretty much what it was. I, my apologies. I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit. Uh, I didn't find that shit. That's funny. I don't want to talk a lot of shit. I'm not, I don't mean it in a negative way. I didn't take it as shit talking. Did you, Tommy? No. But just, I'm just saying, like, just things that just felt, you know, I don't know. I still like your idea of pitching the exact same show, but with everybody in a bigger platform position oh, just going back yeah, just bringing the band back together we didn't talk about dag i mean he's great somebody i learned from i love being around i thought it was i mean i still think it's fantastic I, i've I, known him for a while because for some reasons he's very good friends with adam carolla so yeah, I've, yeah. I've been at uh, yeah. a lot of different functions with him and he's like one of the greatest hangs he's the best hang. he's just a good hang he is the he's best ready hang, to argue yeah. and talk and yeah all kinds of shit and he's La just ready to go he and loretta together were fun him and Loretta, um, 
you know, we're just like getting to these arguments. And it was fun because they knew they've known each other for years, and like they really, it felt like having your parents on. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it was like great. And he's the coolest guy in the world. I was thinking She's about amazing. him the other day because they they announced they're remaking Boomerang, which I have a lot of wait what. BET's remaking Boomerang oh, okay. as a TV series, which I have huh. complicated feelings about. But okay. uh, but I was thinking about how long ago that was when he's in that movie. It's him, Eddie, and Martin Lawrence. Gerard. It's Eddie's comeback movie. He plays Gerard, uh, and I'm Gerard, and we always- uh, we Yeah, I think that, if yeah. they made Boomerang now, probably Gerard's gay. I think it would have been The Wrinkle. You think so? Yeah. That's I don't what, think they're uh, ready to go down and, that road in 92. And then Holly's character didn't connect. I don't know. Maybe. If they did- God, you put a studio in it, you know, probably, you know, Martin Lawrence character is Asian now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like the, you know, their diversity, because everybody's afraid of Twitter, so they just want to make sure that everyone's represented. Dear God. Dear God. Oh, man. So there's, a- <laughs> there's a flip side to diversity. Okay. This is, this is this is the one that ruins everything, right? This is the podcast. <laughs> Be talking to Bill. <laughs> I, but there is. Of- there's a and there's there's also a condescending version. Okay. First of all, I don't know if I can articulate those thoughts in a way that won't destroy my life. It was funny though. Oh. Thanks. I listen. I get I get what you mean. People are very conscious of a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you know they're very, very conscious these days. Sidney Portier after he won uh the Oscar was uh uh kind of he had conflicting feelings about how to celebrate it because he uh felt like he was being treated as a token. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, and that's a very interesting feeling. And I sometimes I'm surprised more people don't share that feeling. You know, like even in the moment, sometimes it does feel a little condescending. Like, you know, it, I don't even know how I got to this, but like, <laughs> oh, diversity is like, it, it, it's like, you know, use people because they're good and not because it's in the moment. Um, my fear is that this thing becomes like this fad that we all try out and we're all. Well, what's interesting about the last few years, just watching from afar, is Hollywood discovering that there's this massive black audience for all kinds of creative stuff. Yeah. It just dawned on them. Yeah. It's like, well, this blackish is successful. We yeah, should yeah, look into black that. Black Panther and, you and know. Black Panther um, is a raging hit. Yeah. We that, should make more of well, these. Well, from a business standpoint, remove any feelings or whatever. Uh, from and get from out. A, from get a, out's another one. Yeah. From a business standpoint, it just, it, it made sense to, I mean, you, I don't know if you heard, but black people typically I don't want to use the word dominate popular culture, but dominate probably sounds right. I mean, it you know have been just for years, you know, in music and like uh, like it, it, yeah, it, in entertainment, like it's just kind of it was shocking from a business standpoint that it, it took that it was so that long. it was so enlightening to people that this was yeah, an audience yeah, that was like, sitting did there. You no, know, oh no, my god, that audiences come out in droves. Creed was another one. Yeah. It's like Creed. Oh, I can't well, believe I wanted it. We should do a sequel. But also Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Who's really good just, at his job. Yeah, yeah. Is a brilliant director who um, you know, he's good. I mean, he deserves all the success that he's getting. So in a weird way, we go through all this stuff and you know, that Oscars a couple years ago and what was the hashtag? Oscar's so late. Yeah. The- and we go through this whole era, but now we're in this whole other era. Where Hollywood is now seeing the business opportunity, which is now going to bring all these opportunities for people, 
but yet it's such a basic common sense, like no fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Do it because there's an audience. Do it for because this? things are good. Do it things because you can make money from it. To put it in the the very but it sounds just, gross terms, but like they're just thinking yeah. about it for the money. Yeah, it's just it's smart. If it's good, it's a bonus. Because yeah, like they were yeah, the Tyler yeah. Perry movies, which nobody's gonna remember that finally twenty years from now. But all those things were pretty money. He's made like how many ten of them? He has a so they yeah, knew the audience was there. Model for it. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good. Um, he kind of like started like the 1090 deal and the whole thing. Yeah. But see another guy you, you, you respect these moguls. Yeah. He's got to be on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're just being honest, I think he has one of the smartest. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, like what Jason Bloom is doing, right? Where it's just like micro budget, you know, he's amazing, you know, content that can exist in, you know, broadly and on a small budget. And that's it's just smart. He puts it up. We know? had him I on the podcast. What was that? Six months ago, Tommy? Yeah. Smart dude, man. Yeah. Just figured it out. Yeah. yeah. He figured out this model. It's a good model. And guess what? In Hollywood these days, horror is the safest bet you can make. Yeah. If it's a half decent movie, it's going to do well. You just have yeah. to make sure it doesn't suck. And if it's a good premise that you can explain, like you just said truth or dare. My whole family watched it. It was great. Yeah. I yeah. love those movies. Yeah. It's like people like you, it's, you know what it is. You know, uh, a friend of mine was just talking about this. Anything with a clear premise, people can hold on to it. Yeah. You know, the people look for clarity in it. You know, sometimes art doesn't have to be muddy. It doesn't have to be like, and you tell me what it means. Right. You know, it can be cool. That's know. why if you go through Netflix, they just have dozens of horror movies about something's wrong with the house. <laughs> and it's just all variations of this same idea because they know it's like I'm fucking through like, oh something's wrong in the house what's wrong this time oh somebody went in the attic oh I didn't know that was a subgenre. I didn't oh, know like that's not even a subgenre. it's a monster. genre yeah <laughs> the house is shouldn't have opened that chest Shouldn't have brought that rock back from the Grand Canyon that your grandmother told it's, you not to bring back. It's it's just funny because I'm imagining it like scrolling through Netflix and just seeing there's something wrong with the house as like a thing that you. Can they should just do through. it. Just own it. Because uh, the thing is, if you watch a couple of them, they start suggesting them. So you just you go to it's like, what does this say about me? There's 15 straight. There's a row of 15 movies about something's wrong with the something's house. Wrong and I've, with the I've house. seen 14 of them. And you enjoy all. Of them. I love them. I love horror That's movies. That's your thing. I love horror movies. You can't listen to a complete album because you're busy trying to figure yeah. out what's wrong with the house. That's why I need a playlist instead <laughs> of a real album. You got to make a something wrong with the house horror movie. I mean, yeah. There's it. Yeah. You get the whole band together. Has there ever been a twist at the end of them that it was just like, it was Somebody just plumbing? Somebody No. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad septic tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out you're, we, you're septic tank. Yeah, there's a raccoon is in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Couple lights, light bulbs broke just because they had been in there for a while. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. all good. Yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah. There's something rolling with the house. It turns out it's just asbestos. <laughs> so, oh, that well, that does explain the rashes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're semi-retired from stand-up? No, I wouldn't even say retired. I'm just not doing it. Let's make some headlines. Make some headlines? Yeah, you're semi-retired from stand-up. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, no, I don't think that's headline. I'll never it's come back. Headlineable. I just don't. I don't do it. Last time I was on stage was at uh, Largo, which wouldn't even stand up. I just got in an argument with this uh, woman in the audience about Phantom Thread. 
And what? Uh, yeah, she didn't like it. Uh, oh my god, Phantom Thread was amazing. That. Yeah, it was incredible. I saw it twice. Saw it six times. PTA PT Anderson was sitting right there on that couch. Really? Oh yeah. Can I take this and love the posters. You guys have something in common. Remember? Yeah. Oh. Tommy, who oh, loved man. the posters more? P PTA or him? PTA did. He did. He he liked this fast break poster. Oh wow! He got all excited about Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan, yeah, Dakota. Yeah, Um, I listen to that song, that theme song, realistically once every two months. The Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah, it's it's one of the all timers. The full song is good. John Sebastian. John Sebastian. Yeah, I'm trying to think what. Trying to think what my uh, hierarchy is for greatest songs from that era. That's way up there. That might be number one. Yeah, it's a it's a great. And I sing it when my friends tell me that they just landed. I sing it with, it just pops in my head a lot. The White Shadow had a really good one. Um, the What's Happening, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, What's Happening was, yeah. It was and people love whimsical. the Different Strokes one. Different Strokes is great. Um, and then the Jeffersons, obviously. I think that actually might have been in the charts. Jeffersons is eight. What, really? Yeah, I think that was like a real song. One of them was Jefferson's a real song. I think it was the Jefferson. That was sung by, wasn't it sung by uh, the woman? Uh, it was sung by Winona. Oh, yeah. From Winona from Good Times. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was one of the two people that sang yeah. this weird crossover. So good. Yeah. It's such a good, yeah. I love when it gives you get that euphoric feeling hearing like the first seconds of music. How much time did you put into your theme song? Did you think about it? We sung it. Did you take it seriously? It was the whole put- cast. Yeah, we sung it. We had a, uh, there was an artist uh, uh, who uh, worked with one of the creators that brought us in melodies, and we went to the studio all together and uh, and sung the theme song. It was fun. Yeah, we put we put thought of it in, like, just the movement. My uh, friend uh, Ian Eastwood did the choreography for it. Yeah, I mean, because you're doing, you're getting paid to put thought into a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's the theme song. Especially if it's the theme song. Right. Especially if it's the art on your wall. You know what I mean? Like, just like these things look like, you know, a lot of shows and movies just look like crate and barrel catalogs. So, if you, let's say Hulu hires you tomorrow to run Hulu, what are the first three things you do? I change the web design i changed the format and the colors uh, i think the, the i don't it, like the web design it's, a, it's yeah it's kind of a pastel thing and it, what what really works if you have like a big database is to like lean into it is why like costco works and sam's club and netflix you know really works as like a database and you kind of know how to yeah go through the archives there so i think it's uh probably that's thing number one i by the way um just to interrupt you i wholeheartedly agree yeah it's too hard to find stuff on hulu yeah. Netflix, I can look at 50 things in two seconds. Yeah. Including all my favorite haunted house movies. Well, it, well, especially, look, in the race for, like, what's good about Hulu's, um, you, they have to make a decision between being HBO and be Netflix. And that is a choice that you make. Do you want to curate it? Because the, the design lends itself to, like, a more HBO kind yeah. of, like, yeah, curated experience. But... To, Subscription both growth is based off uh, catalog. Yeah, and it's why Netflix is spending six billion a year <laughs> on content, and it's and it's is catalog and catalogs need 
like catalogs, like archives. If you look in the record book of archive, that's what Netflix looks like. <laughs> and that's what, like, it kind of, everything, so the content you create will fall under that, right? It'll lean into, like, exactly what we're doing. Look, they got a lot of smart people. I don't know why I'm just, like, trying to lay out. No, you're right. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's one. Two more. Uh, two more. Uh, two more things you would do if you took over Hulu tomorrow. I mean. Or any streaming service. Well, what, I'm giving you the, the keys to each one. You can pick it, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's so many because there's so many base things before you even get to content. You know, Netflix, you know, sustainability, you know, the people, myself and a lot of writers at the Wall Street Journal question. <laughs> and like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, you would just kind of have to look at the mission statements of all these things and then kind of work accordingly. Because the first thing, I, I don't even want to sound like just this like lofty. The first thing you do is like, Fix and change, and then move in the direction. So, you, like altering course is like turning a ship around. Yeah, I would do like I. I wish Netflix had more of a Rotten Tomatoes type model as one part of it, like over on the right, where it's just like because they have a mm-hmm. popular on Netflix thing. But I wish yeah. it was actually like ranked. well, they had the. I wish I would like to see. A list. They got rid of it, right? I like to know like what are the ten things people are fired up about right now. Yeah, I, I don't I, know how they do that, but and they could probably rig it in bad ways. But I will say, from a you know, a standpoint of like like when you enjoy knowing the consensus, it it, it can be a bit frustrating. It does make sense. I would, I would want to get mad at the consensus. Well, that, I just enjoy being like, really? Yeah. Well, that's but, number one. I, what? I, I bet you get uh, a better uh, um, distribution of attention. Yeah. By not having ratings because it's not that thing that we're just not going to watch because the rating is too low and you like you give everything. I don't everything even think it a, should be ratings. Shot. I think it should be more like what's what people are drifting to right now or what popularity. Got, oh, just or like, like, a like just yeah, something. Because occasionally there's going to be some weird movie there. Be like, why is that number seven? What is that? Yeah, yeah. Right like now charts. I go to. You think it should have charts? Something, something along the lines of what iTunes or now mm-hmm. Apple does with podcasts, where they they rig the best podcasts aren't downloads. It's more like newer podcasts and what's yeah. So it's it's almost like here are the new ones we have. That makes sense, but I do wonder. I do wonder if it if it draws too much attention. Like that that's the hard thing, you know. Like everything has to get kind of a similar push. You know right. what I mean? Like because you champion this one thing and then you have content that stands out far over another thing and then you well they usually push four things a week it seems like mm-hmm. get your email. Like the, the latest Adam Sandler movie mm-hmm. um, some seven part docuseries about something <laughs> horrible that happened mm-hmm. um, some new sitcom and then some movie that they're excited yeah. about and that's it Yeah, I'd be curious to see you know the, first, the, the real thing with Netflix I'd be curious to see them having a the film that makes the big cultural splash, the the House of Cards of features form. I'd be curious to. So, what are you doing ten years from now? Uh, other than our anniversary show that we'll yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, ten year anniversary show. Other than that, <laughs> uh, twenty year anniversary of you coming to LA. Um, I I really don't know. Hopefully, I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I, I just don't. Whatever I want to do, hopefully, not to sound like, you know, Veruca Salt, but I just mean it like in the sense of just like, you know, the thing that I feel the most passion toward. 
Well, I what I'm intrigued by just talking to you the last hour is it seems like you're leaving everything wide open and you don't know what's going to happen and you're just going to drift toward what gets yeah. you excited, which I think most people reach that point when they're older, but you're young to reach that point, which I think is an advantage. Yeah, it's like- a, mostly people who are 30 and under are just like grabbing stuff and then they realize, oh, I shouldn't do that. I oh, should yeah, be more no. careful, but it seems like you're already out of that. Oh yeah, don't grab anything. Yeah, that's good though. That's <laughs> an make, advantage. You know, like makes it like, I don't know, just make stuff, do the thing. Like that's what you came in for. You know, like it. every company in person can, uh, you know, should always revisit their mission statement. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I moved to L.A. to make stuff and that's what I like to do. And that's what I'll stick to. And like, you know, probably won't be the black friend in a thing because I want to make stuff. And that's not the black you friend. Know, like, I, I, you know, like it, it, that's just true to what my thing Have you is. done that yet? Have you been in the rom-com where you're like the, the black I, friend who gives perspective? I'm sure I've been a black friend probably once. So you can't help it. You're black and you're friendly. You're going to eventually be a. Go to bar. Yo, man, you should go friend. for her. <laughs> <laughs> she likes you, man. Yo, bro, I bring Yo. the you know the uh, ethnic dialect to the film. Yeah, go talk to her. Uh, where where a director probably uh, they don't ask you to say the n word, but they want you to say the n word. <laughs> Put a little funk on it. As they, they just say. yeah, they look, look I at hope you. Intently. No one says that. They look at you intently, hoping you'll read yeah, their yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, just like is this the hey, every take, hey, every take. You maybe, know, maybe like, just is, is he gonna, is he gonna put a little say extra it? in it this take, maybe. Yeah, is he gonna say it? You know what I mean? A little extra, <laughs> little extra. You know, put a little funk on it. <laughs> you want to take a break? Would you like some Hennessy? <laughs> that could bring out. That could really get us where we. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up. This is fun. I'm glad we did this. This is really great. This Thank is great. You. Thank you for taking my time. My favorite thing is that you're not even promoting anything. You just came here to hang. We had spent years trying to figure out a conversation. Yeah. You're busy. And then I was like, let's let's just do it. Yeah. All right, great. This, this is, is really fun. fun. I hope you had Thank a good you time. for having me. This Thank you really for coming fun. on. Thank you.